Hi, I'm Jesse Rath, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season four episode of Supergirl titled Suspicious Minds. But first, we need to catch up on the news. In casting news, it seems like Manchester Black might be forming a team. Louis Ozawa Chengqian will play the member of the elite known as The Hat, and actress Jessica Mraz will be joining the group as the character known as Menagerie. Uh, Morgan, mm-hmm. do you know any of these actors? I know neither the actor nor the characters they're playing, <laughs> so I'm, I'm very excited because all of this is uh, is mysterious to me. Yeah, so these are characters who are part of the team led by Manchester Black in the comics known as the Elite. So this is part of his crew. So we're actually going to get to see uh, some more Manchester Black story coming to fruition, it seems like. Uh, The only character who is usually with the Elite that we don't have any casting information for is a cold cast. So I don't know if we will get a cold cast on the show Uh, But I'm excited about the hat and menagerie. The hat is actually really cool. Um, So I'm I'm excited to see what they do with him. So this is kind of neat because Manchester Black, like he's a great character, but he's also kind of cool because he's got this crew who uh, does some, uh, you know, shady villainous things with him. Uh, So I'm glad that we're actually going to get to see the elite. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be fun. Also, I like any character that's named the hat. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) does, I mean, obviously... I, I shouldn't be asking this, but does he wear a hat? He does have a hat. Or is he a giant hat? <laughs> he's he's just like a hat that walks around. It's just like a giant. I'm just imagining like a giant floating top hat with eyes. <laughs> and I know I know that that doesn't make sense. I, I saw a picture of the actor. He's not a top hat, but <laughs> <laughs> they they had a really uh, interesting casting call. For that, they just, uh, you know, there were a couple of top hats. Just a top, it's like this guy sitting next to a top hat with googly eyes. (laughs) There were some derby hats. 
it just you know the, a lot a lot of different hats uh, were auditioning for the role, uh, but actually he is a magical character. So he has magic powers. So he's very, uh, he'll be a little bit different, I think, um, in terms of the characters on the show with superpowers. It's pretty cool. We got some more casting news. Um, Actor Jonathan Bennett will appear in the 14th episode of Supergirl season four. Uh, Bennett's character, Quentin, is a wide-eyed government attache who is grateful when Supergirl saves his life. However, when he shows his true colors by attending an anti-alien rally, Supergirl aims to prove to Quentin that not all aliens are bad. Just when you thought we were finished with this. (laughs) I thought we were out of the woods, but back into the woods we go. (laughs) (laughs) So there uh, seems to be some more anti-alien sentiment that is happening in the second half of the season. Don't know if it's related to Agent Liberty or not. Uh, but I'm interested to seeing uh, what this uh, character of Quentin is going to be doing. I don't know Jonathan Bennett, so this will be another new actor for me. Yeah, same. And uh, for our last bit of news, David Ajala, which I've been mispronouncing his name, and I'm very sorry. I've been saying Ahala, but it's actually Ajala. He said that Ah. in his Twitter video, so I'm glad to have, you know, because I'm very... I want, I want to make sure we pronounce things right on this podcast because we have had a history of <laughs> uh, pronunciations. Meanwhile, I butcher every name. <laughs> <laughs> but pronunciations sometimes are very hard to nail down, as we discovered last season on the show. Uh, Mirren! <laughs> <laughs> so I want to make sure we get them right. So as much as possible, we try to get them right. So David Ahala has... Uh, uh, David Ajala has designed some Manchester Black merchandise and is, and is selling it over at madmerchandise.myshopify.com. Revenue from purchases will benefit World Vision, a charity that contributes to the well-being of millions of vulnerable children by meeting their needs. So for more information on World Vision, you can head over to worldvision.org. So this is really great. I think it's cool that he has uh, t- kind of taken ownership of the Manchester Black character and it, and is using it for good. Uh, I'm a little jealous, though, because I kind of want that Manchester Black merch in the DCTV podcast, Public <laughs> Store, but I'm glad he's uh, doing this for charity. Also, um, first off, it's pretty cool. And second off, I love that it has the Union Jack, because just in case you forget that A, that a <laughs> he is British, or B, <laughs> his name is Manchester Black, you can really remember it with that Union Jack. Yes, you don't need to guess where he's from or uh what uh, nationality he is. He is very, very British. So <laughs> so uh, I think it's really cool that he is doing that. Well, uh, let's get to talking about the season four episode of Supergirl titled Suspicions suspicious minds because it's been a while it has been a while i feel rusty yes i don't remember how to podcast how do you talk into a microphone i don't know <laughs> yeah so it has been a while we've been off for about ooh, a month like and a half weeks? Almost. I'm, I'm has it been more than that it's been a while because we, oh. we recorded some stuff a while ago so That's uh true. yeah so we are a little rusty but we're gonna try to get back into it because uh this episode this is gonna be Oh, boy. Uh, This is going to be spicy. All right. So here is the official description of Suspicious Minds. Quote, Colonel Haley is upset after Supergirl responds to a distress call from a Navy ship that turned out to be a deadly alien attack. Colonel Haley reclaims the site as DEO territory and demands that Supergirl step aside. After Supergirl refuses to be told what to do, Haley refocuses her energy on finding out Supergirl's true identity and begins to interrogate all DEO agents. 
agents, including Alex. Meanwhile, Brainiac 5 tries to persuade Nia to embrace her superpowers, but she misinterprets his motives, unquote. All right, Morgan. So I think that since this episode was titled Suspicious... Ooh, I'm having a really hard time with that <laughs> word. Suspicious Minds. Minds. I think we need to start talking about the mind issue uh, uh. that uh, <laughs> I, I think we just need to rip that Band-Aid off. We just need to get right into it. Let's let's just, let's, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Let's get mad. <laughs> <laughs> let's get loud. Let's get mad. So uh, in this episode, uh, Alex makes the decision to have uh, her memories of Kara being Supergirl removed from her brain her mind, uh, because she thinks that's the best way to protect Kara's secret identity. So what are your thoughts about that? Uh, uh, I have so many thoughts about that, and they're so, so grumpy. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I can't, I can't, I think that if, and if you're a fan of Supergirl, you're probably a fan of the Kara and the Alex dynamic. You're a fan of the sister relationship. It's sort of the main purpose of the show so to come back from break and then for them to just be like guess what we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna mess with the the thing in the show that always works uh that made me grumpy that made me a little salty i couldn't believe that they were really gonna do it and i was like you're joking me uh <laughs> i just it's such a strange choice for this show and also it's just like I kept thinking about the logistics of it. So I was like, so wait, so now for the show moving forward, and who knows how this mind wipe, how long this mind wipe lasts. Probably, I would hope not like into perpetuity. <laughs> but <laughs> but for the rest of the season, now Kara is going to have to be like, oops, gotta go. Like it's going to be that, that bottle episode with Lena, but like every, every scene with, Alex, it's going to be so, like, it's, it's going to be funny and charming once, and then it's going to get so old so fast. Like, we're already mad that she doesn't tell Lena. Imagine what it's <laughs> going to be like when she can't tell Alex. <laughs> okay, so uh, since you brought up Lena, I, my question is, why would you need to do this story-wise if you already had that dynamic with Lena? So now you're now doing the same story with two different characters. Exactly. You already have the one character who doesn't know for no apparent reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know that they at least gave a justification for why Alex can't know right now. But it's, I don't, it doesn't. Is there somebody out there who wants this is my question. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is it that's watching this show and is like, you know what I would like? The sisters to not be able to work together on Supergirl stuff. And to have part of their, the biggest part of their dynamic removed from them. Yeah. I remember hearing a showrunner or a writer I don't remember if it was Damon Lindelof. I don't remember. But I remember hearing somebody say that a TV writer is not supposed to give you what you want. supposed to give you what you need. And I was thinking about that with this situation. And I just don't think this is what we need. So <laughs> I don't know who this is for. Is this needed for some reason for the story? Like, I don't understand why this would... Be I know understand that the... The they created a situation on the show in which this is needed, 
But from like a, a macro point of view, why is this needed that to not have to have Alex not know the secret? Because you would think that that's probably, especially if they drag it out for a while, going to decrease the amount that, you know, Alex and Kara can work together or Alex and Kara can interact. Because when Kara is Supergirl, she's Supergirl now. And Alex doesn't know that Supergirl is her sister. So then it becomes they can't work together. And that's a dynamic that I think we all enjoy watching. So it's just such a strange, I, I was just watching the TV with my head to the side, sort of tilt it like a dog, <laughs> just trying to understand why they were doing this. Yeah. And the question of how long is it going to last it perplexes me too. If they came out at the end of this, you know how like at the end of like a, an episode, sometimes they have like a title card. If there's like, you know, some sort of like, something dramatic happened it's like you can find out more information about this thing they should just have a title card that's like don't worry in five episodes we're gonna reverse this and then i could just kick back and be like all right fine they're they're doing a thing they're making a choice but going into this in the this is the first one not knowing if this is something that they're going to extend out to the the whole rest of the season like just the thought of like being in episode like 22 and having Alex not know the secret anymore makes me tired (laughs) yeah well here's my thing so I think they will probably make it last until Colonel Haley is no longer associated with the DEO that's the whole reason that they did this so if when when she's out of the picture because I don't see her lasting forever um then they will give Alex her memories back So I think that's, and it probably will be at the end of the season because they'll have probably a big (laughs) reveal where, you know, there'll be a dramatic reunion and real heartfelt, you know, oh, Cara, now I remember, you know, I'm sure that'll be great. But I also really, okay, so I don't want to say I hate all of this because hate is such a strong word, but (laughs) I, I strongly dislike this because even if... They give Alex her memories back, even if, let's say it's five, let's say it's the five episodes. What would be the point? Yeah. Like, I know, I understand it from a storytelling standpoint that you're trying to write yourself out of this problem. Like, you've written yourself into a corner, and you don't know how to get out. And this 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 goes into a, a larger point for me, because I really despise mind wipes. Like, if there's one thing consistent about me, It's that I really don't like mind wipes. I don't like them in the Donnerverse Superman movies. I didn't like it at the the end of Chuck in season five when Sarah lost her memories. Mm. (laughs) I didn't like it in Once Upon a Time. Poor Belle never, ever got to remember anything. Belle had her memories removed all the time. And poor Emily DeRaven, if that's how you say her name, hopefully I didn't butcher it. Even on Lost, Claire lost her memories. So that that poor actress never gets to remember anything. Uh, Talking about Supergirl, I mean, Smallville is one of the worst, one of the worst memory wipes I've ever seen. (laughs) And they mind wipe Lex (laughs) in the the, the series finale. And seven years of the show was worthless. I know, as I say, which was the whole point of the show was that they used to be friends and then they mind wiped the show out of existence, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) Why? Anyway. I mean, so many choices are made on so many television shows to do these mind wipes. So, so rarely do they to a story. Yes. And so uh, to me, mind wipes come across as a writing crutch. 
you write yourself into this corner and you don't know how to get out. So you're just like, well, we'll just wipe their memory until we can figure this out. And I think that is really lazy. I don't like it in any shape or form because I know at some point they're just going to get their memories back and this whole thing will have been pointless. Um, So I really, really don't like that because I think personally for me, I think the more engrossing storytelling move would be to push through the conflict, not run away scared from it. Like, what if the show said, okay, we're going to get to the point where Colonel Haley's going to figure out that Kara is Supergirl, and we're going to deal with those consequences? That, to me, would be a way more interesting story than, oh, we're just going to reset and do the whole thing over again. That, to me, would be way more interesting to watch. Uh, But that is not what they uh, chose to do. I mean, they could have even chosen to, like, use this as an opportunity to kind of ditch the DEO. Um, Which, I mean, I'm I'm neutral on that idea. But for a while, I thought that's what they were going to do. It's like, I guess we're done with the DEO for now. And, like, because, uh, I mean, Jean is already out of the DEO. Um, Brainy doesn't feel like he's particularly tied to the DEO in any way, like when maybe was before. So it's really Alex is the main tie to the DEO. So you take Alex out now that Supergirl's gotten, you know, been fired. And maybe what what's that iteration of the show look like? I would rather see that than have Alex be mind wiped. Yeah. And so I think uh, we should probably mention this because uh, I, I was thinking about this, that this would have also been another. This is another missed opportunity to introduce Director Bones. Ah, Director Bones. Because <laughs> if Alex resigned as director, that would have left a hole that needed to be filled. And uh, you blew your chance. I know. I mean, they already have sort of a morally uh, ambiguous figure in the DEO. And like, what if Director Bones comes in and all of a sudden you can't trust anyone in the DEO? And like, but what if maybe you don't know if Director Bones is bad? What if you're just judging him because he's a skeleton smoking (laughs) a cigar? (laughs) That's not fair. That's not fair to judge him on his appearance. (laughs) No, not fair at all. But he is a character who dislikes aliens and superpowered people, so he would fit in with this season. But anyway, that's just my thought on that, that um, if they did move away from the DEO, that that would have been a a cool way to do it. We missed a perfect opportunity for director. (sighs) Now I'm more mad. Rebecca, I've just become more mad. (laughs) They just keep not putting director bones on the show, and I just... I take it as a personal offense. We all, we get so close yet so far. <laughs> we get so both. close. Um, so I do find that that is very strange to me. And I guess maybe since we've sort of mentioned the fact that they could have taken the story choice to move away from the DEO, I kind of want to bring this up because there was a lot of discussion about morality in this episode, Alex says, I cannot be part of a DEO that has someone like Haley in charge. She has no morality. And Kara calls Alex, you know, her the moral center of the DEO. And that's why she can't leave. She has to stay at the DEO because she's the moral center. Uh, in another instance, Alex says, I can't, she's talking to the DEO agents, which um, is totally a conspiracy uh, that she set <laughs> up with that secret meeting of all the DEO agents. That seems wrong. Uh, but, you know, 
know, Alex is the moral center. So she says, I can't ask you to do anything against your moral code, but I'm asking that you deeply consider the situation that we are in together. And then James uh, pointed out this sort of moral statement. He says, sometimes the ends do justify the means. So I was really frustrated with this episode because to me, the episode seemed to be saying, and I sort of put this in the, we talked about this earlier on in the season, how like, you know, on JLU podcast, we try to put themes into a statement. So my thematic statement for this episode would be in the world of Supergirl, morality is guided by the idea that the ends justify the means. So I I felt like that was what the show was trying to tell me about all these characters and their situations. And I got really frustrated by that because when you say, oh, morality is, you know, the ends justify the means, well, that's that's a subjective morality. That that means you have no objective right and wrong or good or evil. And so anybody could be morally just. Haley's actions could have been morally just and right because the ends justify the means. Alex's actions could be morally right because the ends justify the means. Agent Liberty's actions can be morally right because the ends <laughs> justify the means. Yeah, I think that's a, a really fair point. And I think um, if you look at it, I think a lot of the characters in the in the in this episode felt that they were doing the right thing, even if they're characters on opposite sides. So when Haley, Colonel Haley is talking about like these aliens that they, these um, aliens that they essentially got as children and tortured to like turn them into assassins and then tried to like kill them when they were no longer useful. She was sort of saying like, you know, well, I did it for this good reason. So she was saying that the ends justified the means as well. So I think that they're like, you can look at them as all having that perspective of like, we're not doing a great thing, but we're doing it for the right reason. And mm. (laughs) yeah, so my frustration was that they were all huge hypocrites. I did. I didn't like anybody in this episode except for Nia. Nia was the only one who was not doing something terrible. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I really struggled with the fact that they were all making these decision decisions that could have had another outcome. Like Colonel Haley could have been a little more understanding with Kara and Alex, especially after Supergirl saved her life. She could have been like, "Look, I was been, I was being really hard on you. I get it." I understand why you're keeping this a secret. She could have been chill about that, but she wasn't. Alex could have, um, you know, changed some outcomes for herself. The fact that she, to me, and there's an airplane going over my house. (laughs) Always. uh, Always, because that's just the nature of Supergirl Radio and the time that we record and uh, my (laughs) The airplane wants to be involved, too. The airplane is also very mad about (laughs) what happened. (laughs) The the airplane also has a lot of feelings to get out there. Um, You could hear the airplane going, I can't believe they mind-wiped her. (laughs) (laughs) But Alex could have made another decision. She didn't have to do what the what she ultimately does and gives up her memories. She could she says several times through the episode, I could just resign and quit my job. And I was so mad at Alex because to me, she essentially chose her job over her sister. And that yeah. to me, I did not like that at all because I have a bro- like I don't have a sister, but I have a brother. And there is no way in the world you could get me 
to choose my stupid job over memories of time with my brother. There's no way, no way ever, that would never, ever, ever, ever happen. And I would never want him to do that for me because that is dumb, 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 dumb. And essentially the DEO, it's Alex's job. She could quit her job, get a new job, go somewhere else. And Cara even was like, hey, we, you know, we don't have, we can leave, we can go away. And I, was, and I was like screaming at my TV, yes, that's exactly what you should do. You should quit your job and go away. Because now that Jean has set up her, his cool private investigation uh, office with his setup with all <laughs> copies of the DEO files, which seems highly illegal, which goes back to that whole morally just um, uh, argument of the episode. But I guess my frustration is I could maybe understand what Alex chooses to do if she was forced into a corner, but she wasn't. She had another way to deal with this. Kara had another, Kara could have chosen to tell the truth. She could have been up front with the president and with the, you know, um, the, the colonel, she could have told them what was what and faced up to the truth. But she chose to lie, hide things, uh, keep secrets. And Alex made the decision to choose her job over her sister. And so I was really frustrated at the way they handled that because there were other possibilities uh, in the air that were even mentioned. It did seem really strange to me. It's like, instead of taking this really dramatic action which is essentially forgetting large parts of not only her life but her sister's life and 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 really changing her relationship with her sister um get a new job yes. <laughs> like i mean listen just op- like go to that help wanted section <laughs> and like is somebody looking for a, a super cool uh, super cool agent I, maybe <laughs> she could bring her own alien gun with her. I mean, she's she's got some things that she can offer up to another organization or, uh, you know, another company. She's got plenty of qualifications that she probably can't talk about, though. I know. I'm pretty sure spies advertise on, like, Monster. <laughs> so just go on Monster.com and be like, I am a spy. Here is my resume. <laughs> spy stuff. Spy stuff. Spy stuff. <laughs> director. <laughs> and then, I mean. I think that she I think that she could find a new fulfilling career somewhere where she doesn't have to forget about half of her life. And the w- the way it was painted was that Alex was the only one who could fix the DEO. And I sort of laughed at that because are the other DEO agents there just totally incompetent? Are they very easily led? Like it just seems it's I mean Obviously, they've had some personnel issues this year, so maybe. <laughs> well, that is true. They did have that uh, traitor amongst them. <laughs> Hashtag RIP Mercy. I'm still mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess they did have that. But I just kind of, you know, I maybe I'm putting it too much into my own personal view of the world. But, but you know, if I left my job, I'd be like, well, you know what? They can deal with it. <laughs> it's it's on them now. I feel like my coworkers can, you know, rise above <laughs> and and not turn into an evil organization or something. <laughs> like, yeah, she. It was like only Alex. You like Alex is the heart and soul of the DEO, and only Alex can keep them from like what descending into chaos, and, like <laughs> turning into monsters and like murdering people. Like I don't like 
also it turns out they're kind of doing that anyway. So <laughs> we found out that like uh, they had these secret alien projects and that like they just happened to have an alien in like a little tank. Did that alien want to be in that little tank? Like what was the morality of that guy? Does he want people to shove their hands in his little tank all day long? He's got things to do probably. <laughs> That's true. That tank was so small. His like little tentacles were popping over that little tank. At least give him a like a like a nice, you know when you go into like a good Chinese restaurant and they've got one of those like wall tanks. <laughs> I feel like he deserves a wall tank. He had to see a lot of people's thoughts. <laughs> yes, that's true. Nobody really thought about that little guy. Um, so I'm glad that I'm glad that you did. Someone should have thought about him. Um, yeah, so I, I just the Alex thing, I was frustrated with Alex because she sort of claimed it felt like the show was trying to get me to think that Alex had the moral high ground here. And I did not come away with that at all. Be- because I mean, both Haley and Alex were doing some dubious things. Um, And I'm glad that Haley actually pointed it out. She said to Alex, she said, all the lies you have told, you've undermined everything that we stand for all to protect your own sister. And I was glad she said that, but I don't think Alex took it in and I don't think it weighed heavily on her. And I don't think the show made it seem like Alex was in the wrong for doing that. It made the, I think the show made it seem like everything Alex was doing was heroic and noble. And I, I had a real problem with that because she did take her DEO agents into a a room for a secret meeting. And it was, she was asking them, not telling them, but she was asking them to lie to a superior, to lie to, uh, you know, the United States government. Um, and I, I thought that that was really shady. And I laughed because Cara and Alex kept talking about how other people covered things up. And I just thought, you two have been covering things up for like four years now. <laughs> That's true. You two covered up the fact that the president was an alien. So I don't know. I just, I found a lot of the characters acting very hypocritical. And I had a hard, a really difficult time landing on what side of the issue I was supposed to be on. And I think maybe the, that was the intention of the writing that you were supposed to grapple with the morally gray areas and, and not really kind of come away with anything. But I just, I struggled with that because they kept talking about morality and I didn't think anybody was morally uh, in the right. Yeah, I feel like everybody in this episode was pretty gray. Um, I don't think that there was a lot of, and and I will say like to the to the episode's credit, I feel like there wasn't a lot of black and white because, you know, if there was a black and white, then it's like, I guess maybe tattling on Supergirl is would be the correct thing, but I don't think that that was right either. But definitely did put those DEO agents in like a lose lose situation, uh, which yeah did feel not particularly great. And I also, but I think my main question though, watching that episode was. Those are the only DEO agents that know Car is Supergirl because <laughs> I feel like everyone knows <laughs> they were going to get to that secret eventually as Kara like wanders around yelling, Hey, where's my sister <laughs> in, in her, in her Supergirl outfit. And I was like, okay, we don't know who Supergirl is at all. <laughs> yeah. There were seven people in that room and two of them were uh, Alex and Brainy. 
So there were only five agents who knew who she was. I disagree with that. It would have been funnier if it like started on those five agents and then pulled back and back and back and back. And then like the whole room is covered in people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Alex is like, listen, I know we've only told a few of you. And it's like, there's like a janitor in the corner. I guess I understand why the situation was so tense because Haley does say Cara Danvers's life is over, and uh, she even points out that a member of the press working at a you know a secret military operation that is a big deal. That is a big deal. There is a lot of corruption in that. I realized that I had never thought about that before she mentioned it, and then I went, "Oh." Ooh, that isn't great. <laughs> so I can understand the need to cover it up. I understand the need to protect Kara's secret. I understand that. I just, I guess I resent the show a little bit for making this an issue because now it has pushed them into this corner that they got out of it by just erasing people's memories. And and then I guess we could talk about this since this is a large part of it. They used Jean to do it. What did you think about him just being like, I really shouldn't do that because, you know, it's kind of like violence against a person, but yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, that, so that made me laugh because it was, <laughs> he was like, you know what? I just, I don't believe in it morally, but also like, oh, she's such a jerk. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, I feel like, I completely understood, but I was like, as I was like nodding along with him, I was like, I'm a bad person. <laughs> like, but yeah, I felt like he he had that moral dilemma for about as long as it takes me to like to decide like what snack food I'm gonna eat. <laughs> it probably takes me longer. So I was a little bit like I kind of wish that he had pushed back on it a little bit more. Like it's a huge violation to go into somebody's mind and erase their memories. It's very messed up. And uh, he grappled with that for two seconds. <laughs> and he, I mean also put him in that position where it's like you need to wipe her mind or else you know like uh, or else we're in danger space dad like space of course space dad's gonna take care of it for you oh yeah yeah no he he would do that to protect him he's gonna get in the space minivan he's gonna drive on over <laughs> he's gonna take care of it <laughs> he is gonna do what he needs to protect them and i think that that's very noble of him to want to protect them but i also think it's very strange that the show did this with him because all of season three, his storyline was the fact that his father was losing his memories. Oh, God, I didn't even put that together. And that he was so distraught by the fact that these precious memories of the time with his father were deteriorating and going away. And then in the next season, they use him to remove memories of another familial um, familial relationship. I just think that's so bizarre. We spent all of season three dealing with alien Alzheimer's, and now he's being kind of flippant about it with Carr and Alex. I just, I just thought that was a weird way to go with him. But, I mean, he's the only character who could do that, and he's done it in the past. He's wiped a lot of people's memories. So, um... I just thought it was so unfortunate, especially with the, the story they were telling with him in season three. Yeah, that is. I hadn't put that together, but that's such a good point. Oh, geez. Yeah, that is a strange choice that they, the writing choice that they made. Yeah, so I, 
I really, I don't, I don't like the mind wipe. I just, I, mind wipes and time traveling to fix your problems, uh, I really despise those tropes. And I think they should go uh, by the way of love triangles. Just get rid of them. Just get rid of all those tropes. Find new ways to tell stories. Oh, love triangles. Ugh. <laughs> Find new ways to tell stories. Um, but I guess, you know, I, I know that we've been kind of harping on the choices, but I thought... Melissa and Kyler did a really good job of communicating the heartbreak of what they had to do. Like, I really liked that Kara couldn't even stay in the room while it was happening. Like, she had to walk off because she she couldn't be there when it happened. Because that's such a that's a big deal for Kara. You know, Kara became Supergirl because she saved Alex and also Tico, who was on the airplane. Um, but that's a big deal for her because she could be herself around Alex. And now it's going to be totally different. Ah, this episode. <laughs> and there's an even bigger airplane that has come by. I'm so mad. Who's <laughs> even more irate with the decisions. So I did think even with... Uh, in my personal opinion, the terrible writing choice that has happened, um, the actresses really did a good job of communicating um, how devastating this is for them. And I, I did think that the writing did try to reassure the audience that things would be okay. Alex, you know, tells Cara, you know, everything's going to be okay. And there's a lot of talk about Cara and Alex being partners and, um, there's a there's a great little bit where Kara says, you know, she's looked out for me for so long. I thought my leaving the DEO would give her a break, but she's still protecting me against Haley. And Jean says, you know, protecting you is in her DNA. So there are a lot of great uh, moments for the Danvers sisters and great bits of dialogue about them and their relationship. But, oh, the, the choice for this, I just... I don't know. We'll see how it plays out because I'm sure it's going to be a weird couple of episodes. And then, you know, I'm, I'm sure that she'll get her memories back because if Jean can remove them, maybe he can put them back. Uh, but yeah, it did not sit well with me at all. And I, I was trying not to come in so hot on this <laughs> podcasting episode. Uh, so I hope I didn't come in too hot. I was trying to think about it very uh reasonably. Yeah, I will say the performances at the end of the episode, like... Obviously, Melissa Benoist and Kyler Lee always knock it out of the park. But, like, I was getting so emotional about it, not just from anger, but also because, you know, when they start getting upset and crying, I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. So, I mean, they did a great job and they really sold it. But this storyline is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Re- it's so weird. This season has made a lot of choices that I've found very questionable. Uh, I mean, if you listen back to the premiere episode, I was not happy about that. Then they randomly killed off Mercy Graves for no reason. Oh, I'm still mad about that. I'm <laughs> still bitter about it. Uh, there was that one episode with the dragon. That was pretty cool. Um, but this mind-wiping business, is uh, season four is not really... I'm I'm waiting for it to really kick into gear. I don't know what it's going to take, but th- this is this is a, a downward spiral for me. But that just means uh, we have nowhere to go but up. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, the show bounces back for me because this 
this was rough for me. It was difficult to rewatch it um, just because I, I didn't like it very much. But hopefully this will lead to a good story for Carr and Alex. And um, maybe we'll, we'll get to see some good sister stuff um, in future episodes. Uh, but we also, in terms of other relationships on the show, we got to see Brainy and Nia interacting. They kind of went on a date, I guess. Uh, at least I think that's what Nia thought was happening. Um, so Morgan, what did you think about Brainy and Nia in this episode? I liked, I liked the Brainy and Nia stuff. I always, I mean, I like both of those characters. I feel like they've both brought so much to the season, um, and their interactions have been great the whole season long. Um, the sort of, the, she thinks it's a date and he thinks that they're just meeting for dinner so he can like pitch his superhero idea to her i thought that was cute i like that the way that they've been playing with their like will they won't they are they kind of flirting does he know what flirting is <laughs> <laughs> all, all season has been really fun uh and i i, I like the introduction of the idea of her being a superhero and and helping um supergirl out and the way that she's sort of no, no, that was like a one-time thing and I'm not really looking to be a superhero, but like you see her later flipping through his little idea book with <laughs> costume ideas, which is like the most brainy thing ever. I think I saw fabric swatches in there, <laughs> which is perfect. It looked like a Project Runway book. <laughs> so you can see that she's like considering it and I, I like the, the sort of slow, we know that she's going to eventually get to the point where she's like, being a superhero, but I like the slow burn that they've played out with this character, like letting us get to know her, letting us get to know her powers. Now she's considering like, what if I use my powers for this? Uh, I like the way that they've been doing it. Yeah. Nia is very much a reluctant hero at this point. And now that's, if you're <laughs> counting, uh, that is uh, plane number three during this recording. It's a banner, you know, banner uh, night for uh, planes. Uh, during the podcast. Uh, but I do like that Nia is being played so far as a reluctant hero, that she is kind of, like, she's kind of there, like, using her powers, but she doesn't know what to do with them just yet. So I'm, I'm glad that Brainy sees potential in her and is trying to encourage her to, you know, use her powers for good. And so I did think that their interaction uh, was really great, especially uh, their phone conversation. One of the things that really stood out to me in this episode and one of the things that sort of saved the episode for me was that scene where they were on the phone where, uh, you know, he calls her up and is like, do you like food? Are you interested in food? <laughs> and and they uh, hang up before they can even make plans. And I just thought that the uh, comedic interplay between those two actors was really good. And especially because they probably were not talking to each other when they shot that. That was probably, I, I don't know how they shoot that stuff. Maybe they just have somebody off screen, like feeding them lines. I don't know. But uh, to the fact that they could do that and and make that work, you know, in a scene where they're just on the phone, I thought that that was really, really well done, especially for the comedic uh, nature of what they were trying to communicate and get out of that scene. So I really think that their dynamic has been, uh, one of the brighter spots of the season for me. And I thought it was really well done in this episode. And I liked getting to 
hear even just a little bit more of Brainy's backstory. Like he says that he was on a dark path and at one point he was arrested and he was given a choice to change and use his intellect in the service of good. So uh, I want to know more about that. Was he going, you know, the way of a brainiac? Was he going to turn evil? So I'm very curious as to what that was all about. So hopefully we'll get to hear more about uh, Brainy and where he kind of came from as a character. So I thought uh, the, the stuff with Brainy and Nia was really, really good and episode saving for me personally. Yeah, I loved I love the Brainy and Nia. So I, I mean, I think that both of them are such good uh, additions to the show this season. Yeah, they have really filled the gap in terms of comedic relief, but also showing characters who, I mean, in a way, Brainy is meant to, I mean, we've talked before about Kara mentoring Nia and James mentoring Nia in some respects. Like, I guess Kara is mentoring her a little bit with the superhero stuff, but Brainy is also a little bit of a superhero mentor for her. So I kind of like that dynamic that they have, you know, everybody's trying to get Nia to where <laughs> where she needs to be. So uh, I think that's really cool that she's got all these people in her life who believe in her and are encouraging her. So I think that's really cool. Well, uh, there was a little bit of another relationship uh, on the show that we kind of got more information on. Uh, so James and Lena... I know it's your favorite relationship to talk about. My favorite, the, the chemistry is off the charts. Oh, <laughs> James and Lena. <laughs> but I'm curious uh, to know what your thoughts are in terms of Lena sort of fessed up a little bit about her secret experiments and her underground medical bunker. Uh, a little bit. She didn't tell him everything i like that what lena's like listen i'm gonna be completely honest with you and she didn't follow it up by kind of killed a dude yeah. uh, <laughs> she was just like uh, i i did a couple of experiments don't worry i didn't totally kill somebody <laughs> uh he signed a waiver it's cool <laughs> like she she's still she massaged that truth she just massaged it she was like here's here let, let me take you to the cliff notes version of what i've been up to lately <laughs> Uh, but she did kind of, she did tell him about, uh, the breakthrough that she had and that she might be able to give humans superhuman powers. And I th I feel like James was like, I'm listening. <laughs> James, and she's like, you must, I don't like, you know, you must, I I'm sure you think I'm horrible. He's like, no, no, go, let's cycle back to those superhuman powers for a second. <laughs> like you could, I could almost feel like the wheels churning in James's head. Like it's like, click, click. I could be super click, click. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I thought that that, I mean, I think that's going to end up being an interesting dynamic because, you know, James is, uh, since he went, uh, since that one camera broke uh, and had his midlife <laughs> crisis, James <laughs> has been really like wanting to contribute more and wanting to be a hero. And I mean, it's a lot easier to be a hero if you have superpowers. So that's true. I could, I could definitely see him supporting it for selfish reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think it, he probably would be into that. And I, 
selfishly hope that this leads to maybe him becoming a literal turtle boy. Uh, that's been part of the James Olsen uh, oh my mythology. So maybe a, an experiment goes wrong and he becomes an actual turtle. That's what I'm hoping for. But I don't think it's going to happen. Could you imagine if we got James Olsen Turtle Boy this season? Like, of all the things that we imagined that we would get from this show, Director Bones or Snapper Snapping. But no, what we're given is Turtle Boy. (laughs) (laughs) I would take it. I, I have a short wish list, but that's on it. Uh, so, so uh, I don't know if Lena will give James powers, but I do think he might be considering it. So I don't know. It did seem sort of like James was on board. He was supportive. But then it also seemed like later during there, there was a musical montage, right? I'm, I'm not misremembering I, I feel it. Like, I feel like if there wasn't a musical montage, there were definitely like a lot of shots of people like staring off <laughs> camera into space thinking thoughts very aggressively at the camera. <laughs> okay, I'm pretty like, sure James was thinking so hard. I feel like I could understand what he was thinking. <laughs> he was like I'm going to just think so hard off to off center, off camera here. <laughs> so I I think in that instance he was questioning her a little bit. So I think there's still a little tension in their relationship even though it seems like they've made up and and so I I was glad to see that they were more open with each other, but there's still some secrets happening there. Secrets and lies, always. (laughs) Always. And so speaking of uh, secrets and lies, uh, well, I guess it's kind of a secret more than a lie. Um, There was a location that we were given in this episode uh, that we were never told where it is. Uh, but James and Lena are, I guess, about to eat a dinner. James is making a souffle, and they're they're at someone's house, someone's apartment that has a balcony. Uh, Where do you think that this location is? Does James have a home? So this was, for me, the biggest scandal of the episode. (laughs) Forget about the mind wipe. What is this? Is this under a desk? Are we in like a tiny bottle city of Candor situation? (laughs) Because I don't understand. Well, I mean, taking a step back from the James lives under his desk joke. Is this James's place or is this Lena's place? I have no clarity. I don't. He's cooking, but he could be cooking at her place. He totally could. It's 2019. He totally <laughs> could. Cook. The only reason I think it's maybe Lena's is because there's a purple fireplace. I mean, w- should we judge James? Uh, we don't know what he's into. Well, <laughs> I associate the color purple with L- Luther's because I do too, yeah. especially was on Smallville. Purples were everywhere with the Luther's. Uh, Lex and Lionel would wear like purple ties. You know, I mean, just all the time purple with the Luthers. So I I get a Luthorian vibe out of it, but I don't know. I like the idea, though, that this is a miniaturized version <laughs> of the desk. I'm, I'm going to go with that for now until we have <laughs> new information. They've been under, the, they're under the desk this whole time. <laughs> I love that so much. So that's what I'm going with, that they have shrunken themselves down underneath the desk. <laughs> And this is what they do under the desk. So <laughs> I'm definitely going with that. 
Uh, yeah, so we were not given information, uh, but we're just we're just gonna rely on our own speculation. Yeah, we still don't we still don't know where is this location, whose whose place is this? What if it turns out that they've like just rented an Airbnb? <laughs> <laughs> what if every time we see them in a domestic setting, it is a different location? <laughs> that would be amazing. Nobody ever mentions it on the show. They're just always at a different apartment, and you're like, wait. What? <laughs> well, you know, if you were Lena Luther, maybe that would be beneficial for you. That's true. She gets she gets almost killed a lot. You got to keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be always on the move. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I could be into that as well. So uh, we have uh, some National City real estate to uh, to think about more that's you know going on in the show. The National City Real Estate section is uh, is a standby in this podcast. Maybe we need a jingle. Uh, I'll <laughs> I'll consider it <laughs> because it seems to be coming more of more of a uh, trend on the show. <laughs> Who knew that was going to be such a big through line of this season? <laughs> <when we started? laughs> so okay all right well i guess we should wrap this up on our discussion so morgan if you had to put if you had to rate this episode on a scale or or, you know somewhere between uh supergirl uh making friends with a dragon uh you know you you got that at the top and then you have a killing off mercy graves for no reason where would you put this episode on that scale oh that's a that's a brutal scale. I love it though. Um, I would put this episode closer to the Mercy Graves end of the spectrum. I was uh, I, I so as an episode itself, taking out the moral ambiguity, I think it's it's we're pretty it's a pretty middle of the road episode until the end. Uh, like I think I was saying right before we recorded that the episode itself kind of remind, reminded me like of an old school episode of like the x-files it was very like there's a a alien no one can see and like you know the government is in on this conspiracy trust no one and i was like yeah this is this is kind of fun this is kind of fun i mean people are doing stuff that's a a little bit questionable but all right I'm, i'm running with it and then at the end of the episode they were like trust no one don't trust us either we're wiping Malik's mind and i was like wait what uh so yeah i feel like without the mind wipe this would be a solid middle of the road episode for me with the mind wipe oh grr <laughs> on that yeah if we're talking from you know uh supergirl and the dragon to mercy graves dying for no reason i i would put it closer to uh the, the mercy graves uh questionable death uh, but there were some good sequences. I thought the assault on the DEO was very exciting, very tense, edge-of-your-seat kind of sequence that was very well done. I did like the design of the Mor- the Morai aliens. I thought it was really cool. There was, like, an invisible alien who, uh, you know, didn't want to be, uh, you know, put in uh, torture and be under someone else's authority. I thought that was a kind of a cool... Uh, storyline for that alien um i kind of wish we could see more of them it's just really neat that you know supergirl could was the only one who could see the shimmer because of her x-ray vision i thought that was a neat idea we didn't get to talk about john's new digs which are really sweet uh i don't i've got some questions about his monetary situation (laughs) and how he affords that rent again back to the national city real estate is he is he in a 
a frequently destroyed part of town. Is that <laughs> what's going on? And like, they're like, you know what? This is a, a, a giant, beautiful space with built-in bookshelves. But I'm going to be honest with you. Every May, it is destroyed. <laughs> and he's like, that's fine. I'm going to be one of the ones destroying it. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> how is he affording the rent on this place? <laughs> that's an excellent point because it was it was very charming. It looked like, a, like almost like an old bookstore or something gorgeous I, I, yeah natural it, light and yes it was very nice <laughs> yes so I, I i look forward to spending more time there i thought it was very cool i also my new goal is that like i want them to have one of those ladders you know the ladders that you can go to get the books on <gasps> and, that yes. spins, and i want john at some point to like fly across and like sing a song like <laughs> like i want john to be Belle from beauty and the beast <laughs> for just one scene <laughs> It's all I'm asking for. Listen, I want so much, so little from this show. I ask for so little. Just director bones, <laughs> turtle boy. I think it's doable. I think it's doable, though. I, I don't think that's an out of the box uh, request. <laughs> I think that's something that you could work in naturally and organically. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I thought the introduction of the private investigation firm was a good one. And I thought that was a good move for Jean as a character. So uh, I'm excited to see where they go with that. So there are a lot of positive, good things that I liked about the episode, Brainy and Nia, like I said before. I just really struggled with the choice of the mind wipe. That was very in the the talk of morality and how everyone was acting like a bunch of hypocrites. It was very hard for me to like a lot of the characters in the episode. And that's that's not a really great place for me because I want to like these characters. I love the actors who play them so much. I usually like the characters. So, it, it, it you know, to be put in that situation as a viewer, it's it's not my favorite thing. It's, it doesn't make it easy to watch. Um so yeah, this is kind of a low point of the season for me, but uh, but hopefully, hopefully, good things will come from it. I will be positive and optimistic about that. Uh, so maybe there are good things coming. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion. But uh, let's find out what our listeners had to say about Suspicious Minds. Um, at Jesso13 says, I'm still decompressing. They can't mess with the core of the Danvers sisters' relationship. What about what will Alex think of Supergirl now that she doesn't know it's Kara? And what about Kara's mental state? I feel like this is a frozen AU and not in a fun way. Ugh. Ugh. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> frozen. Frozen is another one that does a mind wipe. K-C-L-Y-L-E-1 said, The end was great. I didn't see the Alex mind wipe coming, but it makes sense. But how does she really stay the same person? Basically removing a part of years and years worth of memories? Looking forward to next week. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's removing four years of her memories. I just... I kind of expect that next week she's just going to be like walking into walls. (laughs) Just like, what? What? (laughs) She just becomes that fish from Finding Nemo that (laughs) can never remember anything. (laughs) Just wandering around. (laughs) She's still, it's hard to wrap my brain around since we haven't seen it yet, but she's still going to be Kara's sister. She's still going to have the sisterly dynamic. She's still going to work at the DEO. She just doesn't know that Kara's Supergirl. Is she just going to think back and be like, wait, what was I doing Literally the last three years. (laughs) 
why is the last three years a blur to me? And she won't, she won't remember that Kara worked at the DEO? Yeah. So all of her DEO memories are going to be skewed, I would assume. I just, I'm, I'm poor Alex. <laughs> her memories are Swiss cheese right now. <laughs> um. Okay, at VH451 said, the look on Kara's face when Alex realized she'd have to do the mind wipe was heartbreaking. Great performances from Melissa and Kyler. Oh, uh, happy, very belated New Year. Glad that Supergirl is back. Happy New Year as well. Uh, At Haggleblast, I hope that's right, said, one, did we finally see James's apartment or was it Lena's? And then two, I predict Alex will have her memory back within two episodes. Oh, so we have a prediction on the table. I sincerely hope uh, you are correct. (laughs) (laughs) That's two more episodes and I want this to be happening. Um, at Patty Mello 20 said, I have a lot of feelings, mostly bad ones. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think Alex should have quit. This mind wipe thing is not the best idea. Uh, John would have to completely erase Kara from Alex's mind. And who is Alex without her sister? At least Lena is not the only one in the outside more. <laughs> Very true. Lena is not alone. I guess we should maybe mention the fact that Kara and Lena went to spin class together. They sure did. They sure did. That was fun. I, I feel like it's been a while since we had a nice Kara-Lena scene. It had a lot of good comedic moments with Kara where she was sort of pretending to be worn out and she broke the thing on the stationary bike. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I think I, my, my favorite was definitely when she broke the thing on the stationary bike and then just like kind of frowned at it and tossed it behind her. <laughs> <laughs> like completely didn't care. <laughs> I was like, that is amazing. Yeah, so more of that. I would I would enjoy that. At Madtown Davison said, I usually try to be positive, but I thought the conclusion of this episode was very bad. The DEO was always a little creepy, so Alex deciding that a mind wipe was the only option was really bizarre. I just don't buy that Kara and Alex would agree to this. I'm very upset. I, I'm there with you, Madtown Davidson. We are there with you. Uh, at Chris Fundalinski said, OMG. No, Alex. Uh, <laughs> no memories of Kara as Supergirl? That means no memories of flying through the air as kids. This makes me sad. I'm just hanging on to the cuteness of Brainy and Nia on the phone. She might remember the flying as kids. This this brings up a good question. Does she not know that Kara is Supergirl? Or does she not know that Kara is an alien? I took it as she did not know that she had come out into the world as a superpowered alien and put on a cape. Yeah, because I feel like if we go with Alex doesn't know that Kara is super at all, like is an alien, her brain is literally Swiss cheese at that <laughs> point, right? Like she is just like... <laughs> I just love the I love the mental image of of Alex just like walking into a wall and being like, "Oh, hello, sir." <laughs> like there's like what is left of her life at that point? There's I must be so many memories of Kara like having superpowers. I mean, they've they've known about that since they were kids. Yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't think about that. That could be very bad for her. That makes it even worse. So I'm hoping that it's just when Carr put the cape on. Yeah. That would that would make more sense and be less destructive to poor Alex. Yes. <laughs> um, at SL Fricky said, 
isn't a Danvers sister calling Haley self-righteous like a lemon calling a dandelion yellow? Oh, a daffodil. And if Alex is anti-real gun, what did she shoot that alien in the leg with? Yeah, she brought up, Alex did bring up the whole, hey, what are you doing with the lethal weapons? Our good friend, uh, our favorite episode. (laughs) I just was kind of like, Alex, at some point you just got to... Maybe maybe use lethal force when uh, an invisible alien is breaking into the DEO to kill all of you. Maybe you can bend a rule. I guess I can kind of understand the idea of, like, you can't see the alien and you're all going to be shooting everywhere. Maybe we don't want to have lethal force in that <laughs> case. That's, that's maybe true. That, that's Suddenly a good point. all the DEO agents are just going down. Like, it's just all friendly fire. Yeah, and I think that the, the gun that she used to shoot the alien in the leg was her alien gun with the the blue light. Although I do love that she's like, she's like, we have decided not to use lethal force. Once again, my alien gun is off limits and we're not talking about it. <laughs> that is the one exception. Hypocrite Alex with her alien gun does make me laugh every time though. <laughs> Um, at nerdy geek 77 said, I just don't understand how they can just wipe Alex's memory, uh, as Kara being Supergirl. A lot of important things in Alex's life involved Kara being Supergirl, like working for the DEO, arguing with Eliza about protecting Kara in season one, meeting Maggie, becoming closer to win her relationship with John, etc. This is what I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around. Yeah. It's a lot of memories. <laughs> Good points. Good points. All poor Alex. <laughs> She's just gonna be. She's just gonna be sitting there, like watching one of those judge shows, like drinking a juice box in my head. <laughs> like I just feel like <laughs> no memories left. Um, at love uh, loves Dems lots. I think L- Lovat maybe. Lovat, I, I I'm sorry to you. Uh, said I think that Alex's mind needs to be fixed by the end of the next episode. The show can't uh, cannot mess up the Danvers sisters' relationship, and with Alex not remembering that Supergirl is her little sister, this will happen. And then it's like one of those like really angry emoji faces, and then a broken heart, which oh, I agree with. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. So we so we have maybe speculation that maybe uh, one episode. That it one, lasts, and then yeah, a two, two, a two episodes. To, yeah, we've gone down from two to one. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see who who gets that right. At Mark HBPWM said, so they actually use that old Superman dumps amnesia gas on everyone to make them forget Supergirl's identity, Silver Age comics plot, but with John instead. Okay, Morgan. So I have recently <laughs> been reading through amnesia gas. That's amazing. It's a real thing in the Silver Age. Of course it is. She falls in love with her own horse at one point. <laughs> <laughs> with with a centaur who wanted to become a man, but uh, the uh, sorceress gave him the wrong potion. Uh, yeah. So I've been uh, reading through the Silver Age of Supergirl. I've been I'm I'm on a quest to finish all the Supergirl comics I haven't read yet. And there is actually an issue where Supergirl uh outs herself as Supergirl to Smallville, I think it is. Um uh, and she's not supposed to yet because Superman has not allowed her to be a superhero yet. She's not ready. Um cuz that lasts for uh, a couple of years <laughs> in the comics. <laughs> um and so when that happens, Superman's like, I got to fix your problem. And so he pours, he he genuinely has a tank of amnesia gas that he lifts up into the air and he 
literally pours it over over the town and then he does a whole bunch of really uh questionable uh things like he goes to the the newspaper and redoes their headlines and everything it's just it's <laughs> so messed up so that is uh basically what they did mark uh they used the so i, I kind of think it's cool that they're you know sort of borrowing from the silver age because some of those stories are so kooky and fun the only way i would have accepted this is if uh there was amnesia gas and somebody put it over their head and just <laughs> poured it on alex oops <laughs> it would have made it uh, a little more digestible for me yeah well. yeah you just gotta add a little wacky in there and maybe <laughs> i'll go with you a little further <laughs> uh and then our last tweet comes from at electra wwf um who says if the deo is cutting all ties with aliens does that mean they don't know brainy is an alien he walked around sans image inducer before but the deo forgot supergirl walked around his car too do you think we'll see brainy's true nature being exposed to Haley at some point. It's weird to me that Haley wouldn't know this information. Yeah, it seems like, first off, it seems like it's not a secret <laughs> at all, much like Supergirl's identity up until, like, currently. I would think that they would would be uh, required to give her that kind of information. But I don't know. Everything is real shady at the DEO, so who knows? Uh, but that's a great question about Brainy, um, because he is technically an alien. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, good question. Well, we have an email from New Rachel who writes, quote, in terms of returning from hiatus episodes, this is probably my favorite. Well, I'm really glad someone enjoyed it, uh, New Rachel. Although I also really enjoyed last season's. However, I do have some questions. Number one, does Jean still know Kara's secret identity or is Haley not allowed to interrogate him so it doesn't matter? Uh, and does the same go for James? I assume that if you don't work at the DEO, you're not going to be interrogated. Yeah, I, w I would assume that as well. I feel like she doesn't technically have any power over people who don't work at the DEO. Like, I, I imagine her going to James and being like, I have to, I'm going to, like, shove your hand into this little alien tank. And James <laughs> is like, yeah, nah. <laughs> like, so I, I, I think that they are at least safe. Yeah, I know. I don't think they're going to have to worry about that. Uh, uh, the second question is, could Brainy actually still know and he's just using his mental boxes to suppress said memory so Haley doesn't find out? Um, I am under the assumption that because Brainy, well, I don't know, because Brainy at one point was interrogated by Haley. He already had to go through that. But after they mind wiped her, would she do it again with Brainy? Would she re-interrogate him? I don't know. I, I guess because he can use the mental boxes that I, I believe Lena taught him how to use, that's right? Tr that's true. Which made me laugh really hard. That was a fantastic, <laughs> that was a fantastic callback. He was like, no, I created actual boxes in my, <laughs> like, so good. But I, I assume that since he can kind of temporarily mind wipe himself, he actually doesn't need to uh, get mind wiped by Jean. That would be my thought. That's my understanding as well. Uh, so the third question is, how long do you think it'll take for Alex to get her memories back? So, uh, Morgan, do you want to, do you want to put a number on it? I think it's going to be, oh, actually now I'm excited. I think it's going to be the penultimate episode. <gasps> <gasps> oh, I like that you went there. Uh, I mean, I'm not happy about it because, uh, but I do like, I know, I, I know a lot of our listeners seem to think it's going to be, uh, a pretty quick thing and uh, god i hope they're right but i don't sense that <laughs> i like your penultimate uh choice 
uh, because uh, uh, the penultimate episode would be a good time to do that because penultimate episodes are usually there to, uh, you know, lead you into the finale. So it would make sense for the penultimate episode. Uh, can you tell I'm trying to say penultimate a lot? Because you don't get to say you don't get to say it a lot. We're getting to say it so early this year. <laughs> Just got to take advantage of it. Uh, so I think that it could lead into the finale because I'm sure at some point Alex is gonna need to know. Uh, I'm still going to put my wager on the finale. I think first segment of the finale. That's that's my guess. So within the, the opening sequence of the finale. Ooh. I'm not putting money on it, but we're, we're just going to put a number on it. All right. So the next question uh, is, uh, Brainy fell off a balcony and all he got was a bruise. How? <laughs> also, what <laughs> did he do to end up arrested? Uh, great questions. Great questions all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the last question that new Rachel has is what do you think each of the super friends preferred exercise methods are? Ooh. So Morgan, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, this is an interesting one. Uh, so you have obviously have some thoughts here and I feel like you're probably right on all. Oh, so we know Lena likes spin classes. I think that that seems that feels right for her character. I think that the cars would have to be something like extreme. Like, <laughs> I don't know. She did box with like old beat up cars in season one. Or maybe she really likes like mindfulness. It's like exercise for the mind. Well, that <laughs> we have seen Supergirl do that in the comics in Rebirth. So that I could see that being a thing. Uh, what do you think about Alex? What, what does she like to do? So I like your, I like your kickboxing idea. I think that, I think that Alex is going to do something where she can hit someone. Yes. <laughs> That's what Alex I was thinking. Like a lot of aggravation that she has to take out somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I that's that's where I landed. Um I thought James would be into lifting weights because we saw at one point when he had sort of partially moved into Cat's office, he had weights <laughs> in there. That's right. That's right. He did bring the weights in there. So I think he's really into sculpting his body. So that's that's my guess. Uh, Brainy, do you have any ideas about that? Brainy, what would what exercise would Brainy like to do? I don't know. That's that's a tough one. Yeah, I was thinking uh, anything that could use he could use his intellect for. Um, and so I kind of did a little Googling about, you know, what, what are some sports that really have to deal in mathematics? And I landed on basketball because when you think about basketball, you have to deal with velocity and angles and you have to, you know, shoot it the right way to get the right height into the basket. I, I sort of think that Brainy would be into that. That might also apply to baseball. He might like baseball as a sport too, because you have to, you know, apply those same kind of things so i think anything that he would he would have to require some sort of uh thinking ability to do it i that's that's kind of where i landed yeah i like that i like that idea because i i was having a hard time i was like i don't know about brainy uh john what exercise would he be into oh john i feel like john hmm i so i like your suggestion in this doc, but I feel like I could kind of see Jean as like one of those people who really likes to run. 
like who just loves to like to think and to run and he's like oh no no you're gonna hit that runner's high and like everybody like his friend is like behind him like crying and like i just want like could we just stop running he's like no man you just you stick with it and you're you're just gonna get there <laughs> i could see that being john <laughs> well and when you do run if you uh, if you run without music or anything like that you do have a lot of time to think so uh, I could see that being a thing that applies to, to Jean. Uh, I suggested maybe yoga. I think, you know, Jean is a very spiritual character, so he, he might be into that, you know, meditation, that kind of thing. Uh, Nia, I was having trouble with Nia, but I kind of landed up. Okay, so I landed on planking because planking is... Uh, very good for the abs. Uh, a lot of people do that for their core. And <laughs> I thought maybe that would be a good exercise for Nia because if she r- randomly fell asleep, because we've seen her do that, she'd at least be <laughs> close to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, the yoga that's like, it, it that's so gentle that you're basically barely moving. You're just sort of <laughs> laying there and like they're just sort of like you're just laying there listening to Enya like maybe that kind of (laughs) yoga (laughs) so she could just kind of drift off to sleep and then wake up but nobody's even noticed (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I think uh Nia is more of a uh chill out uh kind of a character with her your exercise choices so that's that's a fun question uh if you're listening and you want to share your thoughts about what these characters would do for exercise please let us know um okay and so we have an email from emily who writes i really enjoyed the episode suspicious minds the political anti-alien shenanigans were at a minimum which is okay by me uh it was an interesting twist at the end with that all the deo agents had to be mind wiped of supergirl secret identity i appreciated the care they took as far as making sure to point out that they had received consent from the agents to do this i expect this will make for pretty good drama between the danvers sisters although i'm hoping this is short-lived uh the most relatable part of the episode for me was alex calling Kara to complain about colonel haley i was ready to walk i can't work with insert name anymore i'm going to resign uh yeah these are all things i say to my sister on an almost weekly basis about my own job <laughs> yeah yeah no i feel that i feel that very deeply and strongly as well <laughs> very relatable uh well we have an email from sam who writes quote there's a lot of things about this episode i could bring up but i just wanted to draw one thing to your attention and hopefully get your thoughts on it during your podcast this is the scene of jean altering colonel haley's memories without consent jean himself acknowledges it as a form of violence and i would be curious to know how severe a form of violence you consider it to be i go back and forth on this but sometimes i think tampering with someone's mind without their consent is just as bad if not worse than sexual assault or even rape it deprives a person of their agency on a level even deeper than a physical assault on the other hand the level of trauma or suffering uh, or suffering a person experiences can often be less than of uh, than that It can often be less than that of a physical assault because they don't know what has been done to them. I will point out that the writers drew a distinction between altering a person's memories and altering their personalities. For example, Haley is still trying to figure out Supergirl's identity because Jean didn't change her intent when perhaps he could have done that. 
It's food for thought. Does that make what Jean did a lesser violation or crime, unquote? Uh, so, Morgan, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you do you think this is... Uh, so, the two previous emails that we've read have dealt with consent of the mind wiping. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think that the difference between mind wiping the DEO agents and Alex and mind wiping uh, Colonel Haley, it's very different because they... They're like, sure, we don't want to have these memories. If they could put Supergirl in jeopardy, we are okay with the idea that you're going to, you know, mind wipe us. She wasn't. She was, you know, mostly unconscious at the time. So, yeah, I, I do feel like that is it's definitely a violation. I don't I, I I agree that it's a pretty serious violation, too, because you're you're taking away somebody's memories. I think it's a little bit less of a violation because in this case, he was only taking away the memories of like the last 30 seconds. So, but I mean, it's still, you know, it's still a memory. I don't think that you should go around and mess in someone's head, no matter how much of a jerk they are. <laughs> I think that that should maybe be a hard line in the sand, but mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. If it's one thing, if you choose it, it's one thing if it's thrust upon you uh, without, without your knowledge. So I think that there is definitely a line there. If you choose it, I still think it's a dumb decision, but, uh, it definitely is a different situation with Haley. And I, I hate that they keep putting Jean in these situations where it's like, well, I really, I shouldn't do it, but, uh, okay, I'm going to do it. Like he did it with Manchester. He even says like, I shouldn't have done it with Manchester, but I did it. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. He was like, you know, I, I, I've learned that this is a mistake, but you you just look so cute when you pout. So I'm going to do it. Like, it's like he can't say no to Alex and Kara. Like, I think that's the problem. It's like, if you threaten his girls, he's going to do whatever. But I did like the moment where he like straight up acknowledged this has been a mistake in the past. I'm sure this is going to be a mistake now. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> it would be really refreshing, though, if in the future, Sean was like, nope. You're going to have to deal with this on your own. Not going to do it anymore. In the future, he just starts screening their calls. (laughs) Space Dad's not answering today. Um, so we have an email from Joseph who writes, I loved Jesse Ratt's performance in this week's episode. He has a real talent as far as comedic timing goes. And I think this episode was the best example of that fact thus far. Agreed. Jesse Ratt's been so great all season. So good. Such, Such a good addition to the show. And our final email comes from Daryl, who writes, quote, They keep Lena so isolated that it's hard to remember that she has friends. She needs to be part of the group more. It was strange to hear Lena talking about having no support or sounding board in her experiments because she has that in Eve, unquote. And I agree, Daryl. I thought that was a really weird thing for Lena to say because Eve has been down there with her doing those experiments. Yeah, it's like, excuse me, uh, I just wanted Eve to pop up and be like, Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like our science growing means nothing to you, Lena. <laughs> Hashtag respect for Miss Tess Marker. She's like, I bought these closed-toed shoes for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a really weird thing for her to say. Uh, well, and we have a voicemail from Mauricio. Hey, Supergirl Radio. It's me, Mauricio. I'm glad to be back on the podcast after a long hiatus. Favorite moment of this episode, seeing Lieutenant Haley getting punched in the face by Alex. That is part of this episode. Getting Alex's memories away, it was so sad. I was like, oh, 
I just need something great in my life and it's all this misery and all that. But here are my quick questions. Do you think we're going to see some flashback episode or anything with um, General Haley or something? Because I was like, John was erasing her mind, but that could have been the perfect moment to read her memories or something. Because she is so shady. It's like, Supergirl's not doing anything wrong, but it feels like the stuff she's involved with is that the government doesn't want her to know about. So what do you think about that? But anyways, take care and have a nice time. Until next week, adios. And Mauricio asked the question, do we think we'll see a flashback uh, with Colonel Haley? Uh, I don't think so. I we we could maybe get a DEO kind of a flashback, but I don't know if they're if they're going to tell more of her story. You know what was a really fun like um, blast from the past is that the one corrupt agent that they try to uh, they try to stop him from fleeing from these aliens, and he goes like Henshaw, and I was like who. Yeah. How long has it been since we remembered that <laughs> that John is technically <laughs> taking a, you know, was was being Hank Henshaw when this when the show started? It's been such a long time. I literally stopped for a second and went, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was a good little bit of continuity, I thought, there, because if that had been a while back, probably Hank Henshaw would have been working with those people. So, I, yeah, I buy it. Before we wrap up our feedback, we have some Snap Judgments uh, sent in by our listeners. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. All right. Let's prepare ourselves. <laughs> our, <laughs> our first Snap Judgment is from Lynn. Uh, she asks, snapper snapping or director bones? And not holding anything back. Oh, Coming right Lynn. out of the gate. Coming right for the jugular. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh, God. Oh, I know my answer and it's surprising even me. I'm going to go director bones. I think I might go director bones too. Every time I close my eyes, I see that skeleton <laughs> chomping on that cigar and I want it. <laughs> There are so many promise. Like I, I think I've made my peace with the fact that Snapper will probably never come back on the show, and we will never get him snapping. Not even one. Not even one. Snap. Not even <laughs> once. And his name is Snapper Carr. Um, I think for me though, there are more possibilities with Director Bones, so I'm still holding out hope that we may see him at some point. We can't give up on our Director Bones dream. <laughs> Um, okay, so from Patty Mello 20, who has the best apartment? Alex, Kara, Space Dad, or James? Again, we don't know. That is unconfirmed. It's unconfirmed that we still don't know if that's, you know, if he's living at that apartment, if he's living under the desk, if that <laughs> apartment is in a bottle city under the desk. We don't know. <laughs> if it is a bottle city under the desk, I'm going to pick James, <laughs> but that's a big if. I think I think I would, I, obviously, I would go with James in that scenario. Okay, <laughs> taking the bottle city out of the equation. <laughs> I think we can safely take James off this list because we still have no idea. It's still debatable where he lives. Who, do we think Alex Carr or Space Dad has the better apartment? I'm always going to pick Carr's apartment. 
I love that apartment. Yeah, I've got to go. I got to go. Cars apartment, even though like I do like a I like a good wall in my apartment, <laughs> and hers is very like loft style. Everything's out in the open. Uh, but, but it is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I I'm I'm always gonna pick Kara's apartment. Uh, and so our last snap judgment comes from New Rachel. She says, on a first date, would you prefer to go out to dinner, play paintball, or do an escape room? By the way, I love that the paintball came back at the end of the episode. <laughs> it was a pretty good idea. That was great. I'll give it up to Brainy. That was a good idea. Uh, I'm going to pick escape room. There's nothing more uh, more of a bonding experience than being locked in a room to have to find your way out using riddles and mysteries and uh, puzzles. I'm going to say escape room. Yeah, you know, I'm also going to go escape room because... I mean, one of these days I'm going to escape one of them. I've only, <laughs> I've only ever done one and we didn't make it. So, you know, maybe maybe the date would be the escape. And finally <laughs> I could be like, I was successful. <laughs> or uh, it would also test the relationship and you could find out really quickly if you didn't want to go on that second date. Exactly. Or what if you're like, you know what? I, I thought I liked you, but you're so bad at trivia. <laughs> like, can I accept that in a mate? I don't know. We would find out in the escape room. <laughs> if you got into a shouting match five minutes into the room. It's, prob- it's probably a bad sign. It's not going to get to that second date. Uh, <laughs> I, you need to come to escape room with me. I'm two for two. So I'm oh, no, nice. I'm pretty good at escape room. So um, also, I think I've had a really good team every time I've been in there. So uh, it's probably not just me. The Supergirl radio team would definitely escape an escape room. I feel confident in our abilities. <laughs> Good question, though. Good good snap judgment. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts and feedback on Suspicious Minds. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail and uh, call us at 678-718-7252. Just make sure you send us feedback uh, before... Uh, uh, around 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. That's very, that's very helpful if you can do that. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Radio Public. And now we're also, if you're into Podchaser, that's a new thing. Uh, so we're there as well. Uh, we are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And if you're if you're like, oh my gosh, that's so, so much information. I can't deal with it. Uh, go to Just go to SupergirlRadio.com. All the links are at the right side of the page. You can find all of our stuff there. And uh, we can announce that we have three winners because, uh, you know, we made the rules so we can break <laughs> the rules. We have three winners for our Yay. DCTV Plugs contest. And uh, so we will be rotating those plugs in and out of each Supergirl Radio episode. So thank you to Mark, Ashley, and Richard for sending in their recordings so that Morgan doesn't have to do it anymore. She can take a break. I want to say to you guys, 
Thank you so sincerely for my vocal cords. <laughs> from, from me to you. <laughs> I can take a little time off uh, training, like doing the extensive vocal exercises and trainings that I do, uh, running up and down those rocky steps. You have no idea how tiring it gets, just yelling the names of the podcasts as I run. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that's going to give me some like time to like rest and relax. And like when I come back to the plugs, I'm going to come back hard and I'm going to come back fast. Just enjoy this time off. So well rested. Uh, but yeah, so thank you all for uh, sending those in. All really creative, all very different. Um, so uh, we'll start with uh, Ashley this week, and you'll just you'll hear different ones every time. So that's very very exciting. If Supergirl Radio fills your heart with glee, then follow the network for DC TV. Don't fail this city, you've got to hear Quiver, where Amanda and Mike will always deliver. Then run along and check out The Flash, Andy and friends make quite the splash. Don't forget the legends like they all forgot Rip. These ladies would never jax you to the time ship. Then join Clement and Nate in the incredible Brit, a Black Lightning's podcast where we all get lit. We come to iZombie, which is very alive, Except maybe after the end of season five. Our newest addition to our CW crew is the Batwoman podcast ready for you. We jump over to Sci-Fi, a whole different channel, to check out Krypton way before our bro Kal-El. Then there's DC Universe so we can all stream. The awesome show Titans, we're only summer teens. And if you love the oldies, may I recommend classic DC TV. Honestly, 10 out of 10. That's it, I hope. Please, Andy, good night. But... I would make an exception for Young Justice, all right? Check out DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, well, you can personally find me on uh, you can find me on Twitter at Derby Kid, but uh, don't get used to it because I've already determined 2020. I'm gonna pull the plug on Twitter. No more. <laughs> I'm just we're gonna we're just gonna be done. Like the 24 clock is like ticking down now. It's like ching chung ching chung, <laughs> and like the hours are just clicking. Uh, like ticking off until you uh pull the plug on twitter january 1st 2020 i've already got it in my calendar <laughs> delete twitter account i just I, I just you know i'm a little sensitive i'm a sensitive person and i don't think twitter is for me <laughs> it's just it's not a place for sensitive souls so i think uh i'm just gonna have to let it go uh you know i'll still be still be doing the supergirl radio twitter account i can i can manage that but uh yeah Twitter, don't don't get don't get too comfy with my Twitter account, but you can follow me over there until until January first. You should you should definitely follow her while you can. <laughs> yes, get in on it while you can. Um, so, but I'm on Instagram. I'll, I'll be on Instagram for a while, so you can follow me over there at the Derby Kid. I voice a character named Leanne on a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest, which is really funny and quirky and weird, and you should listen to it because it's great. Uh, and I'm also a contributor to JLU Podcast. JLU podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. And you can find me on uh, on Twitter and uh, Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Um, we are planning a special episode for sometime soon i think we're going to do either <laughs> i think it might be this weekend it might be next weekend i think we are planning a special sort of uh answering your questions and and uh and doing like a feedback uh episode so that should be fun we've been uh, 
sort of toying with the idea of maybe we're not sure if we're going to record it or maybe we're going to do a live episode. So stay tuned and you should definitely make sure that you check out the Legends of Tomorrow Twitter account uh, and our Facebook page because we'll post um, information about that and we'll start having some calls for uh, for questions coming in because we 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 love a good question corner. So, okay, is this like an a uh, an AMA and ask me anything or is this related to the Legends of Tomorrow the TV show? I mean, sometimes it's good to ha- have it be related to Legends of Tomorrow the TV show. <laughs> With that said, I don't know that we've never not answered a question that we <laughs> like if you want to ask us just the wackiest question, like we're weird and we enjoy it. So like, we'll probably answer it. Cause, cause you know, I have a limited knowledge of legends of tomorrow. <laughs> so I could send a question in. I just don't know what it would be about just yet, but that's exciting. I mean, you have left feedback for that. You have asked us questions. You've left some very extensive Elvis feedback on the show. I did. I did with hyperlinks and everything. I mean, feel free to ask us anything that, that really like you want to know. Okay. I'm going to think, I'm going to think of a good question. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode on Suspicious Minds. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we want to know why Brainy was once interrogated for 18 straight days. That's a long time. What was <laughs> he doing? Too many days. What did Jeez, he know? Brainy. <laughs>